for plebs, by plebs, dropping the Bitcoin only signal. Pleb underground. Welcome everyone to the Pleb Underground. Episode 25, episode Bang Sank, Pleb Underground, in English we thank our frequent listeners and our very next guest, Je parle un petit peu français, perhaps you'll be impressed, it's been a few years, donc j'ai oublié beaucoup, je pense, est-ce que les gens veulent plus? Annonce GM, the French bonjour, alors, mais comment ça veut dire, have fun staying poor? J'écrive tous les mots. It's not read-only, not from a PDF, not done with Adobe. So I'll keep taking the shots like Kobe. At Scammers on Twitter, no, you can't fight them all. My man Big Sean says Bitcoin is basketball. But it's more like b football. Advance and then fall. Or run the perfect fade like Julio. Till you're in a gangster's paradise. Coolio. Like this Bitcoin bull from Bill Bitcoin. Pulio. Welcome back, everyone. Awesome, awesome freaking rhyme, Walton. That's right, guys. In case you haven't guessed it, we have fellow Bitcoiner and pleb. If you don't know him, you should. Francis Puglio. Francis, thank you so much for joining us on the Pleb Underground YouTube show, my dude. What's up? What's up? It's my pleasure as always, Phil. Thanks for having me on. And Walton awesome. as well. Great to meet you, man. Welcome, welcome. Very cool, very cool. All right. We are going to... We're going to dive right into the numbers. Yeah, the numbers, of course, brought to us by Time Chain Stats. And please check out Time Chain Calendar for an excellent way to browse the Time Chain. Phil, what do the numbers look like this week? At the time of this recording, the block height is 773,912. The Bitcoin price, 23,280. Total public lightning capacity, 5,272.62. Moscow time, 42.96. And the chain rewrite days, 766. Those are some pretty some pretty healthy numbers. I, I don't think that people were expecting 23, 23K on that fiat exchange so quickly. I, I know that people were crying at 15K fiat exchange. <laughs> I wasn't really crying to be honest at 15k. I thought it was thought it was funny that, that that people were sitting there thinking that Bitcoin was dead. Anyways, Francis, your thoughts? Bitcoin dead? Yes? No? Yeah, Bitcoin is dead, man. Let's let's all pack up and go home. Um, Bitcoin, uh, uh, Moscow time at, at under 5,000. That's 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 great. Uh, having having the Moscow time at like around 5,000 makes it really easy for me to do like mental math and and sats. But uh, I just, yeah, just love to see it under 5,000. Dude, I totally agree. We were actually talking about that last episode that, you know, people don't realize it was at 6,000, not even a month ago, right? 6,000. And actually, you know what? We're talking about all this fiat exchange stuff. Let, let me pull up the first link for the numbers. And then, Walton, we're going to take a look at yours. All right, here we go. We got a tweet from at Ape Durden. Let's take a look. He's got a screenshot here from BTC for Freedom. And let's see what's happening. 0.01 .01 BTC will make you a millionaire. And then Jake below says one day owning 0.1 Bitcoin will make you a millionaire. So I got to I got to ask Francis because Francis has been around for for a very long time. What are, what, what are your thoughts? Just I mean, if you had to throw out a number to somebody that that, that was stacking that that is for some reason 
thinking about the ridiculousness of becoming a, a millionaire uh, with Bitcoin without actually, you know, providing any value. What what would be that number? Because <laughs> I just think it's funny, right, that people come up with these arbitrary numbers. Well, I mean, the first tweet says 0 0.01 Bitcoin will make you a millionaire. It already makes you a millionaire because that's Correct, a million yeah. sats. So you you are definitely uh, a millionaire already. I mean, you know, in terms of, in terms of uh, of if you think about it from a purely radical maximalist standpoint, if Bitcoin's gonna absorb all the monetary value of the world, you know, Hal Finney had had put the number at like 10 million USD equivalent in purchasing power in Bitcoin. Of course, at that point, you know, the the dollar value of Bitcoin is kind of like meaningless because if Bitcoin is like 10 million US dollars, um, it means that you know US dollars are like worthless as a as a frame of reference. Um, but I'm even more bullish than that on the long term because you know people think about okay just calculate all the monetary value of the world the monetary premium of real estate the monetary premium of like you know stocks and equities that are caused by like money printing and all that and that gives you 10 million but like under a bitcoin standard the size of the economy i think is going to grow so much that you just can't fathom and the only real answer i guess is like infinity right it's like that meme infinity divided by 21 million i think it's like fairly accurate so i mean I, I don't have a problem telling like normies that ask me, you know, what's the Bitcoin price going to be worth one day? And uh, I'm like, you know, if 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 the Bitcoin um, ecosystem and the, the economics of Bitcoin unfold the way that I see it, you're looking at, you know, the it's like a, a few large houses. You know, that's what I say, like, you're going to be able to few, buy a few large houses with Bitcoin. But I mean, we're. Um, and you know what, what's funny is also I've I've been seeing um, you know a few people post on Twitter recently like JJ uh, LSMR uh, a fellow Bitcoin pleb talk about how that mentality can be dangerous as well if you're too much into the NGU for multiple sure. reasons like one of them might be like you might just you know become lazy and not want to produce any value just by the virtue of the fact that you're early into Bitcoin you think like you don't need to produce any value I I do tend to agree with that. And also, if you put too much emphasis on the NGU, then a lot of people, they they will want to have Bitcoin adoption like quickly at all costs. Um, so they, they're not going to care if people are buying Bitcoin from a non-custodial way or if they're using shit coins. As long as people buy Bitcoin to pump my own bags, that's fine. People will often like um, uh, exaggerate um, stuff about Bitcoin to make, you know, to like pump uh, the the kind of like hopium around Bitcoin. I know we're going to do that today. We like to you know provide hopium, but um, yeah, NGU mentality. I mean, it's an it's an economic fact, but yeah, we got to be a little bit careful not to be uh, um, you know, sniffing too much NGU glue. Dude, you hit the nail on the head. This is exactly the point of that tweet. Thank you so much for saying that. Okay, so first of all, to to go back to what you said, right? Bitcoin does what we think it's going to do. The fiat exchange is completely completely irrelevant. Okay, and it also goes back to the point you made that that's exactly why I chose that because of Zizel's tweets. I saw those and I was like, yep. I'm like, he's absolutely right. I'm like, this is, you know, look, it, it's perfectly fine. We want to store our value in Bitcoin. We understand the security of the network. But like if you if our only desire is to become this useless sloth that just sits around and absorbs everything and consumes, are we doing anything better? This is our chance to actually do something better. It's a call to action. So, man, I, I, I appreciate your response. It was freaking awesome. And yo, you know, if it's not going down, if you're not like having your money depreciate, we're already winning, right? So that's what people, you know, they, a lot of us, you know, we got into Bitcoin because we thought the price was going to go up a lot, but 
if you're saving your wealth over time and it's not depreciating, you're already beating every single form of currency out there. Um, so, you know, uh, the bar, the bar is pretty low in terms of like storing your money and wealth and having that yeah. appreciate, you know, there's, we, we don't have to do much to beat, you know, losing 10% of value every year. Like, like what we're losing now. So you don't you don't support the move to go for a, a twenty percent uh, portfolio allocation to eggs? Then, I mean, eggs are excellent. You should definitely allocate some of your portfolio to egg to eggs. Um, a significant amount of my Bitcoin off ramping is buying eggs with Bitcoin. So, I I, I fully support diversifying into eggs. Um, so, but so, so don't have all your eggs in eggs. one basket, but get <laughs> get a basket of eggs. Yeah, I've got you. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you um, heard by it the here. way, if 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 you it, Eggs, eggs are surprisingly uh, durable over time if you buy farm eggs and you don't wash them. Just, just letting you know, eggs can stay on the counter for for, for a few weeks. Most people don't know that because they buy shit eggs from the supermarket. Yeah, but that's because in I think in the U.S. don't you like bleach them and all sorts of like like I, I was I was thinking why are they why do they have these like white eggs and it's because they're they're doing something to like the shell in advance something I don't know weird practices. Yes, centrally planned, uh, aseptized eggs. Um, go for the proof of work organic bitcoin eggs for sure you heard it here first folks all right walton what do you got for the numbers so one link i've got for you is uh something from adam back um he says that uh, blockstream uh, in 2022 uh grew their revenue three times compared to the previous year now i don't know if that's in dollar terms uh probably uh, so um but still um very impressive um and as a consequence they were able to raise 125 million dollars um um in in a, in a fund a fundraising round um which is um good to see we've got um continued investment uh in the in the bitcoin you know bitcoin ecosystem what do you think is contributing contributing to that? I I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I, I don't, you know, it's not that I follow Blockstream very closely, but I, I do use a, a Jade, uh, one of my wallets, one of my hardware wallets is a Jade wallet, and I really like it a lot. Um, I'd like to say that part of that growth is because of Jade. I, I think that they made a very well, and they are not a sponsor of the show, so I'm just saying this because I use it. I think they made a very well-priced, good product that you know uh, you can use with your phone or you can use with your desktop and it's it's easy to use and i, I think that that's i i think that that's helping them i i'm a big fan of jade um i'm a fan of cold card i'm a yeah. fan of seed signer and uh, jade um these are like my my go-to uh, i've never personally used big box myself so um but i, I i've heard i've heard some pretty i heard about the they they were part of uh, I can't remember what the the thing was now. There was some wallet, basically a bunch of wallet providers. Um, it kind of had the option of kind of joining some privacy like anti privacy. You're movement. right. I and saw I, I'm that. pretty I sure saw they that. were they were kind of yeah not yeah. so great on that. Maybe they reversed course later, but initially they they took the wrong take on it. Yeah, I I know what you're talking about. That's kind of like in Europe. Um, that signing some of the exchanges. Cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, like, they yeah. want the recipients to be able to sign a message to prove that they own a key to like yes. comply with the travel rule, which is kind of ridiculous. But for Blockstream, I think it's got to it's got to be mining also. That, that yeah, that's got to be a revenue. big thing. Yeah, because they're they're like people think about Blockstream, they think about you know the the satellite and liquid network and like Sea Lightning and Jade. Um, but I think you know apart from Jade, which obviously makes money because they're selling an actual like physical product, you know they're. I don't know if there's any revenue with Lightning 
or liquid. I don't, I don't think there is. And the satellite, obviously, I don't think they're making, you know, good money on the satellite and that kind of stuff. Like there's a green address. So what's cool about Blockstream is that they actually found a way to make money, like very tangibly, like mining Bitcoin and like selling a product. And presumably they're able to finance all of these other open source uh, projects. And, you know, 3Xing your revenue in 2022 is dope because the price of Bitcoin was in a bear market in 2022. So if you 3X your revenue in fiat terms in 2022, despite being in a bear market, then that means that, you know, presuming that you're using your profits to buy Bitcoin, um, they may have like 6X or even 10X their Bitcoin yeah. revenue in 2022. So kudos to that, man. It's not it's not easy making money in a, in a bear market as a as a Bitcoin company, you know, it's uh, it's pretty tough. Bitcoin only companies that are like holding their profits in Bitcoin and they're they're like, um, you know, paying people in Bitcoin, presumably like bear markets are tough. So if you're able to increase your revenue during a bear market, that's that's very commendable. And actually, I, I, I just want to, Walton, just a quick thing, because we were just talking about the BitBox very quickly. I got to test the BitBox 2 uh, when it was beta and I totally... It's a it's a great wallet, like in terms of the user experience. The only thing that I didn't like, and it has nothing to do with that. Well, I mean, it kind of has to do with that specific product, but with anybody that would use it, they use haptic technology. And because I come from the field that I, I come from uh, in access control, um, I, I know a lot about durability of these button pushes and all of this type of technology. And I, I swear to you, haptics, even though it's really cool, we're not there yet. And I wouldn't want it for my hardware wallet. Because that's one of those things you don't want it to fail. You want to have a technology like a cold card, right? That just uses the simple, like that membrane is like 60 years old. Right. <laughs> haptics is better for works. haptics <laughs> is better for lots of use in a in a kind of short to medium period of time yeah, rather than exactly. infrequent use over a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah guys. So cold card, got... cold card is nuts in terms of durability. Kind of like a little anecdote. I had a cold card in one of my backpacks. And then a bottle of orange juice just exploded in my backpack from the heat. And then it was like full, it just flooded my backpack. So my cold card was like completely flooded with orange juice. And then on top of that, because it was full of orange juice, I got a an ant infestation of these tiny Costa Rican ants. They were inside in the my cold card. cold card. I could see them through the, the transparent like casing of the cold card. The ants fucking ate away the pulp and the juice that was in the cold card. Then they left. They cleaned Wait. up my cold card, and it was working perfectly fine after. It's still working today. That's, That's like with they actually get they actually get uh, maggots to eat out like rotten yeah. flesh in like wounds. Yeah. It sounds like you you did the same for ants. They're like, <laughs> what is this? A signing device for ants? Yeah. No, it's just juice yeah. for ants. Okay, dude, it was it was so crazy okay. to see like the ants like like crawling in my fall card and it still works so kudos Rodolfo I mean I wouldn't advise testing that at home but it just it did work okay so yeah guys uh, so if de dedicated cold card support uh, please seek out your ne nearest ant colony uh, they, they will be pleased uh, to, to help you in your mission towards um, um, self custody alright guys one last set of numbers um, from the fiat world um, some condescending nonsense uh, so Steve Steve Jobs' uh, widow, uh, Lauren Powell, who, um, remember, guys, is the biggest um, um, owner of uh, Disney, um, of course, because Steve Jobs um, created Pixar and then got a bunch of it. So anyway, she she owns she basically is the, owns Disney as well as, you know, Apple. Um, 
Uh, she owns a $66 million Gulfstream jet that burns 500 gallons of jet fuel per hour, and she sails on a $120 million yacht, um, but she's funding activists um, that, that say you shouldn't be using a gas stove. Once again, um, hypocrisy from uh, fiat billionaires, um, Cantillon, Cantillonians, not Cantillionaires. People say this wrong. It should be Cantillonian. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, from the from these Hippocratic hip, hip, people, um, what are we going to do? Francis, go go ahead. <laughs> I mean, it's funny how a lot of these activists, billionaires um, that are that are trying to, you know, tell the plebs what to do. A lot of them. I think they get their wealth in an undeserved way. Like she got her wealth, like in a very massively undeserved way, like not only is, you know, I Bezos is like, you know, an entrepreneur, right? So, so I, I'm not going to say that Bezos is like a fiat billionaire. I mean, he, he is, but I mean, um, he did actually build like the greatest business in the world, like Amazon. Um, but a lot of the, you know, like Gates types of people and uh, Silicon Valley VCs, um, I think they, they have a, they know that their money is like not from proof of work. You know? They feel, they feel like a sense of guilt um, because their money was not deserved. So they're trying to like, expunge their guilt um by being activists well you know fuck them and actually good for her if she's if she's flying all over a gel, uh, in a jet stream I, I think that private jets are fucking awesome and that in you know everybody should own a private jet uh in 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 a long uh distant future under a bitcoin standard um i hope that a lot of people are able to afford private jets because commercial airline aviation sucks commercial I love airline this idea. aviation it's it's it is the the uh the front line of this um, dictatorship over our lives. Like you never feel less free than when you're flying in an airline, when you have all of these empowered little bureaucrats um, mm -hmm. that are enforcing government dictates. Um, you know, the, the fucking most crazy thing that I think is the fact that when you go through the TSA, you know, you can bring in like a hundred milliliters of whatever liquid, but like 110, They'll just seize that away from you and everybody just complies, complies as if that's normal. So like those insanely stupid rules have been so normalized at the airport because it can deny your basic right to travel. You know, like if you piss off like uh, an airline lady or a TSA agent, they'll just strip away your right to travel. Um, so fuck commercial airlines. That's my message. That's that's a platform I'm running on. Yeah, and you should be able to take your dog on holiday with you for fuck's sake. Like or like like. And, and I'm pretty sure the only way that you're able to do that is if you have your own private jet. So, yeah, we need more private jets, um, but less less condescension uh, from 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 fiat wankers. Absolutely. Uh, so, Phil, uh, I think I think that's a wrap on numbers. What do we have up next? We are moving on over to wrecked. Wrecked is brought to you by represent. Check them out. Represent LTD. Nice threads, great quality clothes. I'm wearing the t-shirt, that's right. Normally I've got the hoodie, but I finally switched it up for the t-shirt. Very nice threads. Walton's got the t-shirt also with the Crest logo. Don't forget to use pleb-underground for 10% off at representltd.com. Clothes that's made by a fellow Bitcoiner. Check them out. Guys, so for Wrecked this week, we have a couple of stories for you. The first story... Barry Silver um, is apparently uh, now uh, laying off uh, lots of his employees. 
um of course uh, the the current downturn uh, in markets be, being the fault and not the fact that he uh, lent lots of money to a bunch of complete degenerates right guys okay i um I'll go first on this one. <laughs> I, I've been following this story. I've been following this story pretty closely and dropping clips about what's been going on. And and I got to say that it's actually kind of pathetic and embarrassing that we're watching these guys argue on Twitter while there's a whole bunch of people that, don't get me wrong, mistakenly trusted these institutions. Mistakenly, because let's face it, 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 is, a, it is a mistake. And you have all of us shouting from the rooftops, don't trust the exchanges. Um, you know, these people in some cases have millions of dollars that they don't have any access to. And we're essentially watching Barry, we're, we're watching Barry not pay. We're just watching other companies suffer, right? There's also the other piece to this. There's Genesis trading, which is owed like $20 million from, from Roger Ver and Roger essentially is just waiting for Genesis to go completely bankrupt. Um, I actually did a clip about this yesterday. I think he's fairly clever. <laughs> you know, like he pretty it's much. Funny, actually, that oh. was that's actually one of my one of my links. Let me sorry, just sorry. let me just show you this. It's not twenty. Thank you very much. It's oh, twenty it's point twenty point nine million dollars. Uh, uh, here. Uh, yeah, Bitcoin Jesus. Um, you, you need to pay up, sir. Um, I guess you don't have the cash, right? Okay. So okay, Francis. I, I do you. I, I have my contention is is that he he is not wrecked. Even though as much as I hate Bcash and as much as I know that he wastes a whole bunch of money trying to you know trying to market it, I just don't think he's necessarily wrecked. I, I think that he understands the the layout of the market and I think he was just timing it. That that's my personal opinion. Yeah, I I, I highly doubt that uh, Roger Ver is wrecked. I mean, um, at some point he owns like over a hundred thousand bitcoins, and then even if he switched like ninety percent of his net worth to Bcash and like got wrecked on Bcash and got wrecked on a, a bunch of things. Like it's it's almost impossible for, you know, for someone that has like a hundred thousand bitcoins to uh, to be wrecked. But of course, you know, what is the opportunity cost of Roger Ver having become an idiotic moronic scammer? Um, if he had, you know, just not being being an idiot, um, he might have, you know, God knows how many bitcoins today. And unfortunately, I think he I think he must probably make quite a bit of money with the Bitcoin.com website, um, which which is a horrible tra tragedy because that like website you know basically is the leading cause of of Bcash fraud where he's like trying to convince people that like Bitcoin Cash is Bitcoin and he makes money selling selling their Bitcoins to it. So I, I don't think Roger is wrecked. Um, it's too bad about Roger, man. Like when I first got into Bitcoin, Roger was kind of like one of my inspirations. You know, he was one of my influencers, quote unquote. He was a, a pretty, I mean, still is, but like a pretty like good, decent libertarian that advocates for libertarian ideas. Um, so, so too bad about that. But I mean, uh, um, you know, how many of these OGs turn out to be like complete douchebag scammers? Like a large, a large majority. And like you know, regarding Silbert, you know, um, for for those who don't know, Silbert was the key person that tried to fork Bitcoin off in, in 2016, 2017. So Barry Silbert was the leader of a coalition called No2X. And then he actually convened this kind of like secret meeting. In, it was a secret meeting. It was an invite only secret meeting in New York. At the, the New Consensus York Agreement? Conference. Yeah, the New York Agreement. By the way, I was there in New York and I was not invited to the New York agreement. Um, I wouldn't have gone. <laughs> but um, he, he got all these Bitcoin companies to sign like this constitution. And basically it said like, 
we are going to fork Bitcoin and we are going to put a new team of developers in place that will replace the Bitcoin core devs. And those Bitcoin developers, by the way, are the biggest moronic retards, including a guy called Jeff Garzik. Like Jeff, like Jeff Garzik is an absolute clown. Jeff Garzik actually created another shitcoin called Bitcoin Unlimited. That's like <laughs> even, even more retarded than BSV, like if you can imagine that. Anyway, so that, that was Barry Silbert. And um, he monopolized, um, you know, but he, he tried to create this cartel of Bitcoin companies to impose the will of these companies on the plebs. And he got wrecked the first time. Um, so I will not shed a tear for Barry Silbert whatsoever. I'm not, I'm not really following the Genesis kind of like uh, DCG thing because I'm not affected personally. My business is not affected. So, I mean... At this point, for for me, for me, it's kind of like all the same, like FTX, Genesis, uh, D, whatever, like all of all of this thing is is just a, a one offshoot of, of one another, and like I've seen, I don't know, like dozens of of these things over the years. So I'm not I'm not too familiar with that particular thing, but you know, you you know you you uh, you get the karma that you deserve in Bitcoin. You know, like if you if you try to destroy Bitcoin, um, chances are that you know the karma of Bitcoin will get back to you one day, and I guess we're seeing an example of that today. Yeah, I, th I think that's I think that's very well said. And I know that you don't like to shill, but people should definitely. If you're in Canada, you got to check out Bull Bitcoin. I use that exchange. Okay, I, I'm a Canadian, and I had to move funds back and forth. And Bull Bitcoin was absolutely an amazing experience, super easy to use. And you're humble about it, but it's it's an awesome product. So thank you very much for doing that. Thanks, Phil. Guys, so up next on Wrecked, we have a little update on the Celsius situation. Uh, apparently Celsius uh, are considering to issue a bankruptcy coin uh, to pay their creditors. Apparently, their apparently their sh their shit coinery um, is is not enough. Uh, they they have they have to rub it in 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 people's faces, guys. I mean, I know only incels were in in were in Celsius, but anyway, like it, you know, this this is nonsense. I don't even know what to say. A bankruptcy? I mean, this has to be a joke, right? This this has to be a, this is a troll. Like, there's no way that that can be real. And I, you know what? As much as we're sitting here making fun of this, the sad thing is there's probably comments in that thread that are wondering how they can get in. <laughs> I guarantee you. Dude, that's, that, that's, that's what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> as ridiculous that it sounds, as like peak clown word as it sounds, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a success and they raised... So like ridiculous amounts of money like you know this the shit the shit corners like they they are able to raise so much money from a, from these absolute like shenanigans like you know if they were to raise like 100 million dollars i wouldn't be surprised and imagine the wealth that's being redirected like misallocated in this stupid thing um celsius is like one of the funniest um like shitcoin explosions for me because uh, Phil, you probably know this, but the government of Quebec invested in Celsius, yes, like an insane amount of money. Like I can't remember what it was. I don't want to say. The pension? Uh, Wasn't it like it the pension? Like, yeah, it was. The, I, I know it was, it was one the of the crazy fund. ones. Yeah, yeah, it was the pension fund of the government employees that invested in Celsius. So I'm like, fucking great. You know, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of the Quebec government employees. They're so like, you know, fuck them. Um, but. They and I remember reading. I, honestly, I think it's like a, I think it's like 150 million dollars or something, like an insane amount of money. And then um, they spent like six months doing due diligence on Celsius, and they still invested. Imagine how dumb you have to be. 
Um, but you know, the bankruptcy coin thing, it's like shit coin on top of a shit coin. That's, that's how the shit coin ecosystem works. And, you know, to be fair, it actually, it actually worked for, it actually worked for Bitfinex. Like Bitfinex did that, right? They, uh, they had their big hack. Like, I don't know how much it was, something like $500 million or something that got lost on Bitfinex or an insane amount of money again. And then they issued a, a shit coin and then people bought into the shit coin and then, you know, were able to, I think it's called Leo. I think the, the Bitfinex shit coin. Yeah. Um, you know, Bitfinex is probably one of the least worst. I thought shit the coin Bitfinex but... shitcoin was called Tether. Well, that's 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 another one. So Bitfinex, different one. That, that 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 that's that's another one. But they have their own. They have their their own other shitcoin as well. That like is a security token or something like that that they issued as part of the bankruptcy. Um, so man, it's like you know, the, in capitalism, like if you fail so dramatically like that, you shouldn't. You know, you should just you know remove your corporate genetics from the gene pool but you know they're gonna get the subsidy from from and the thing is also when when shit corners lose their their money in an exchange like they become invested in that exchange's like success it's kind of weird it's it's a weird uh what do you call it um uh, stockholm like syndrome psychological yeah that, that that's exactly it's, it's a, like a weird stockholm syndrome and these people are completely out of options so it, it will turn the, the like twisted part of shit corner here People that got wrecked because of Celsius will be turned into Celsius advocates because they will see it as the only way to get their money back and perpetuate the the shit corner recycle. So yeah, it's just pretty twisted, man. Um, but unfortunately, as you say, um, the and especially now, like you know, we we were in a bear market. I'm I'm kind of disappointed with this bear market. I'm going off track here a little bit, but I I would have really liked those people to have been so fully wrecked yes that they would have been eradicated from 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 the market you know like binance is still up and running um what's it crypto.com is still up and running yep. um th there's another one in asia i for, i don't know it's kucoin or one, one of the one of Sam's these other, still living in a mansion yeah i mean they they did not get wrecked enough for my taste and now we're you know presumably i don't know you know there's People saying it's a it's a it's a bear rally or whatever, but presumably we're exiting the the bear market and these people are still standing. So all that that tells me it's like okay, we're gonna have to go through this cycle again. You know, no no hyper bitcoinization or moon for us because I I don't think we can we can reach hyper bitcoinization and you know Bitcoin really taking off until these are like dead weight shit corners like dragging us down. Um, just the other day I was at the farmers market here and. Um, this lady, uh, most vendors accept Bitcoin there. And this lady, she, I, I asked her, "Can I pay with Bitcoin? I don't have any cash." And she was like, "No, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to accept Bitcoin payments because that guy embezzled billions of dollars. You know that Bitcoiner guy." And presumably, she was talking about you know scam, bank run, fraud, SBF. And then um, that's that just hit me once again. It's like these shit, shit corners are dragging us down so much. Without them, um, you know, God knows what the price of Bitcoin would be. God knows um, how secure and strong and and more adopted the Bitcoin network would be. Um, so yeah, kind of disappointing in this bear market. I was hoping for more blood. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't like people, you know, getting wrecked. I know a lot of people, you know, like they, they rely on the Bitcoin savings. So I don't want the Bitcoin price to stay too low for too, too, too long. Um, but I, I kind of wish they would have been a little bit more wrecked. Unfortunately, they, they survived for another few years until the next bull mar bear market. And hopefully the next bear market is going to be the one that, you know, nails them down for good. I mean, one thing we have seen, though, is we've seen uh, the SEC starting to kind of 
make some moves towards you know certain companies suing them um and um one one person who who i can't wait to to see get wrecked uh because of how he he seems to be able to get away with rubbing it in the faces of the the people whose whose money he's stolen um but that of course is uh um the the hex guy right uh richard hart uh a little clip for you you are the founder of x do you know who can enjoy the funds being sent to the origin address please answer yes or no I'm not. I'm dodging your. It's question. a simple I'm answer. Answer yes or no. Dodge, dodge. Who uh, is behind this origin address, and who can enjoy all the funds that are sent to the origin address? Nobody knows. It's not public. Nobody Just like knows. Just like you don't know who Satoshi is. I would like to make sure that the SEC is investigating you. Please. Will you please Good. disclose your Trial full report. details so I will be Richard able Schooler. to provide them yes. with your Hi. address uh-huh. so they can oh, no, actually. I'm not Oh, so you don't want to disclose no. your address? No. Your scam model is the following. You are inflating the price by yourself. Uh-huh. As you uh-huh. mentioned, there is actually no one behind Hex beside you. And since it's, a, let me finish. Since it's extremely easy for you to do it with an automated market maker through Uniswap, you actually get 45% of the income that comes from purchasing new hacks using Ethereum. So you can use it to purchase more hacks and drive up the price as much as you want. You also Listen. rely on other people to join and purchase <laughs> hacks using Ethereum because they see that the price is going up and you are creating FOMO and we already established. I think we can cut it there. But uh, yeah, guys, um, pff, I mean, it. The, my head goes in a spin with some of this stuff but it's all this is basically how tokenomics works right is it's just uh, a bunch of mirrors and fraud uh and maybe a bit of um money laundering and um i don't know like hex is like specifically ridiculous because the the founder part is like himself a clownish character so it's like easy to it's it's and it's easy to make fun of him and by the way hex is like really popular i see hex stickers on cars here in costa rica i think i think like richard hart had something going with costa rica i don't know why because there's like a lot of hexagons here fuck i shouldn't even use that term it's so late. i think there's the logo of... is like a bit nightclub like isn't it so it's yeah. it's it's, it's the, the, he's he's a marketing machine is what he is yeah right? like he's yeah you, you've got to give him that i mean he's disgusting but he he, he seems yeah. to do yeah and it's it's almost it's almost like um, a cruel joke of the universe to see like how obvious and brazen can we make it, um, and and still people will buy into it. But the reality of hex is that it's not that different from the so-called blue chip shitcoins like Ethereum, you know. So p- people say that hex is ridiculous, but if you look at Ethereum, Ethereum was seventy percent pre-mined, and how many people got those initial coins? Like very few. I mean. Um, out of the seventy percent pre-mine, there was like the ir- original ICO. But who was doing? Who was investing in an ICO in in Ethereum in like twenty fourteen? It was like you know Ethereum insiders, and then the advisors of uh, Ethereum got. Um, there was like a bunch of the coins of reserves for the founders and the insiders. Um, so you know, the like Ethereum 70%, Foundation. Yeah, the Ethereum Foundation, obviously Vitalik, and um, all sorts of other unknown um, crypto losers that are that are. Uh, now we don't we don't hear a lot I, i'm not gonna na- name drop them but i i was kind of like around because when ethereum launched ethereum launched in toronto 
And then um, the Ethereum people like came to Montreal to like shill the Ethereum investment. I had the opportunity to invest in Ethereum. And actually, I remember um, I was at a dinner where Vitalik was. I didn't speak to him because he was like, you know, a little, uh, it was like a nobody. And he was like, you know, the, the, the main dude of, of, the, of the event. But I remember asking a bunch of people like, so what's the issuance of Ethereum? I was like, I don't, what's the issuance? Like how many ethers are going to be out there? I, I was like trying to analyze it from a, like a macro perspective. Like how much is this thing going to be worth? And they're like, we don't know. What, what do you mean we don't know? I mean, yeah, we're going to determine that later. And I was like, this, like, it, it just didn't click. And I, w I was like new to Bitcoin. So I was like, maybe I'm too dumb to understand. But like, I don't know if, if I don't know that this thing is like scarce, why would I invest in it if you can create more in the future? And um, so, yeah, Hex is completely ridiculous, but at the same time, you know, they're all equally ridiculous when you look, when, uh, when you look at it. You, I don't know, if you, Phil, you remember um, Richard Hart at some point was a Bitcoiner at some point. He's, he's, he's one of the first ones that were like, that was like, I like Bitcoin, buy my shitcoin. Yes. He was on the Crypto News Network. I believe it was, I, I believe it was, I was actually probably on a show with Richard Hart. I think if you look at the, crypto um what's it called again world crypto network archives i think i may have been on a panel with him at some point um but yeah one of the earliest like grifter that made a name for himself in bitcoin and then turned around to silicon coin we've seen so many of that happening um yeah fuck that guy and like he has ugh, like shit corners have such bad taste also he has like such terrible taste he has the worst uh, like, taste yeah I think a lot of shit corners just have like really bad taste again because they have bad money. So why should they have good taste? He used to have eight hour live streams dismantling shit coins. So you're you're absolutely right. Like he he definitely paraded as a Bitcoiner for a very a very staunch Bitcoiner. He took on CSW at one of the uh, one of the events where he totally destroyed his whole entire you know where he destroyed Craig's narrative in front of everybody. Um, but I just want to go. I just want to go back to that that specific video because I've watched a lot of Richard Hart when I first got into Bitcoin. He was he was a person who was quote unquote Bitcoin only and dismantling the shitcoins. So I paid a lot of attention to him, and he is a world class grifter and salesman. Um, he he's an excellent speaker. He claims that he has written a book, but really all that exists is a um, uh, a front cover and a, a frame, okay, it's never actually been published, but he claims to be published. Um, but when people go look it up, they'll go find that picture and be like, oh yeah, he wrote this book. But what I wanted to point out about this video was really interesting. I, I've seen Richard argue with a lot of Bitcoiners since he started Hex. And he, he frames, the way that the arguments are framed is that he's often winning those arguments. And in this particular video, he, he, essentially, he essentially lost twice in a row. First, he mentioned Satoshi in order to validate his affinity scam. So you don't know who Satoshi is, so that validates Hex. Now, that, that, that's fucking bullshit, okay? There was no expectation of value back then. I mean, Francis, you know that better than, you know, better than me. The second piece to this is the ad hominem attack. He immediately called the guy a retard. <laughs> so the guy made a claim, and instead of refuting the claim with evidence, he went the route of an ad hominem attack. And I've actually... I've rarely seen Richard go that route. He usually does these roundabout, confusing, uh, you know, kind of wordsmithing things to make you think that what you said was wrong and that you should be thanking him. Or something right. Like he that. usually keeps I mean, the smile. He yes, doesn't usually yes. like let the character the, let the character slip. Like he plays the kind of I don't know fr friend yeah. friendly clown that you wouldn't have at your children's party very well.
Yeah. So he, uh, I, I think that this is like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure it eventually gets to somebody, right? Like that, that you're just constantly being called out as a scammer and that there's a lot of evidence to that point. So anyways, he's yeah, anyways. I, th I think he, he, he doesn't, he doesn't care about, you know, losing or winning the arguments against the maximum. I think one of the reasons why he's scared in that, in that video is that he knows that the only way he can lose is that if he goes to jail, right? Because um in the current like shit cornery he's he's already made his grip and i wouldn't be surprised if like most of his profits are in bitcoin i mean it would it would make total from what i've seen from like a lot of the shitcoin scammers a lot of them they will turn their profits into bitcoin Go. um and, and and also just because bitcoin is like more and not necessarily like as an investment but just like bitcoin is like way more secure to like hold like you don't yeah yeah you have like ledgers and stuff like that but like bitcoin is like the one that you can really put under your mattress like if you're a scammer you you, you don't want to touch i think your, your 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 holdings for a little while like your main holdings because you don't want to trigger like a tax event or you know you, you don't want to get hacked or anything like that so um so i think richard hart has already won in a way in the sense that his grift is complete and the only thing that can happen to him is like go to jail um so again i'm not I'm not a fan of regulation, but I hate shitcorns and shitcorners so much that whenever I I imagine, for example, like the SEC arresting a guy like Richard Hart and uh, stripping away, um, you know, like these guys need to be punished in a way. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. market, the market. Unfortunately, the market is not going to punish them that much. Karma might punish some of them, you know, but really smart ones like Richard Hart. Again, they may have turned all their profits into Bitcoin, so they've got you know kind of like cart. I mean. I, I like I like to think that guys like that they'll just lose their Bitcoin one day. You know, they'll just like get hacked or like accidentally lose their passphrase. Like hopefully, um, but you know that's that's kind of a fairy tale. So I would love nope. to see Richard Hart get busted. So he didn't get busted, but um, he did get wrecked. And there's actually a video. Um, I, I don't have it right here, but there is a video where he's talking with I don't know which host, and he explains he explains how he got wrecked and that he's super pissed off, and this is why he's shitcoin. <laughs> So, so at least part is of the it, wish came true. Yeah, yeah. Is it actually? Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, becoming yeah. a shit corner to to recoup your 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 Bitcoin losses. Right. Um, I'm sure he's not the only one. Breed love. Who's there. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or or like I don't know. Maybe that maybe that's what happened to Roger. Maybe he got wrecked on something, and that's why he uh, he went all in. And you know the the weird thing is like there's a bunch of guys also that got super like rich with Bitcoin and that. They still decided to shitcoin, even though they Tether had so much gold. Gold, you know, Tether like, gold. Uh, oh yeah, like like Voorhees, for example, like Eric Voorhees, he he sold his company Satoshi Dice for an insane, an insane amount of money, and it's like, dude, did you really have to like, did you really have to push shitcoin so hard? Like, why didn't you just retire? You know, you have like hundreds of thousands of bitcoins, you can't just retire. You really have to go out and like grift more. Like, why would you do that anyway? Because because they he knows they they know they're thin characters, and so they have to. That they, they, yes, they've made some money, but may, they they can't. I don't know. They can't attract the people around them that they want to have around them because the, they don't have this depth of character, and so they feel they have to go and like prove themselves in the fiat world again, um, uh, ra rather than yeah, just working on themselves. Um, they don't really. Yeah, I think yeah. Some people don't think that they have to work on themselves. They just think they need to work in the fiat world. And I think yeah, shitcoiners are kind of 
yeah the, a little the, bit the crypto grifter as a as a personality trait you know if you don't have a personality you can always become a crypto person and then that becomes your personality, <laughs> personality. <laughs> that's awesome all right walton we have anything else for uh for Rekt? i mean that, fuck that shit coins and uh fuck shit coins.com and this was wrecked thanks guys we are moving on over to the, the hopium yeah. Up next, we have the Hopium, sponsored by CryptoCloaks. CryptoCloaks are a Bitcoin-only brand selling a wide variety of Bitcoin-only goodies. Here you see the hand grenade in which you can store an open dime. I believe if you get the larger one, you can fit a signing device in it. Uh, here you can see they come in a wide variety of colors. Um, very nice, Phil. Very, very nice. Uh, yeah, if you guys head over to CryptoCloaks.com or CryptoCloaks.co.uk and use the code PLEB UNDERGROUND, you get 5% off all the goodies. Check out CryptoCloaks. For the Hopium, we've got we've got some serious, this is some serious Hopium. Walton dropped this article in our Telegram chat. Thank you, Walton. I because... read this. This Dude. was crazy. It's like so I, I I was shocked. I went, no way. There's a, there's an article in the mainstream media that's actually written well about Bitcoin. Okay, Phil, you got to see this. You got to see this. That's right. And and look, it's it's very long. There's a lot of details to it. We're not going to go into the whole entire thing. Okay, we are focusing on one theme and one theme only, and that is this. All right. Here's the title of the article: Why I think Bitcoin could be a key to saving the environment. So you guessed it, we are gonna stick with the environmental argument because I do think that right now, especially with all of these weird ESG groups like the World Economic Forum pushing these psychotic eat the bugs narratives, we need we, we need some proper research more than ever and we need a fresh counter narrative more than ever. So I think this was- Guys, just for those of you that don't know the publication, City AM um, is one of the most popular um, financial um, um report you know uh i don't know what you call it uh, like websites but it's also in like a paper um especially in in london um um yeah it's it's uh, very widely read uh, amongst um london finance people very well said because i did not know anything about this publication myself all right so Obviously, the link is going to be in the show notes so everybody could go through all the myths. By the way, this article is fantastic for debunking like every single stupid shitcoin and no Except coin. the first one is that Bitcoin has no intrinsic value, and I actually agree with that. But but anyway, yeah, let's, let's leave that one. Yeah, that it's it's okay that Bitcoin doesn't have intrinsic value. We don't give a shit about that. Okay, that doesn't matter. It's not the point. Uh, but yes, exactly. I don't agree with that one either, but I do think it's important to have that discussion. Um, okay, so here we go. Bitcoin is bad for the environment, all right? This is the myth we are debunking today. Here we go. The amount of energy used by the Bitcoin network is inconsequential compared to other industries. Most industries most industries round off the amount of global energy used by 1.1 to 2% and Bitcoin uses approximately get ready for that number 0.002% of the global energy in terawatt hours, which is less than a rounding error. The economic incentives fundamental to Bitcoin, i.e. finding the cheapest source of energy to mine from, are helping to drive renewable innovation. That's right. Okay, this is something that Bitcoiners have been saying, that out the search for cheaper energy will help actually to drive the, the whole ESG narrative that these fakers are talking about. Bitcoin is actually helping to do, and it does it without their bullshit. 
anyways, all right, continuing on. One example is like when you get new hydroelectric uh, power plants, it's often in an area that's yet to be populated. And so for, for a period of time, um, there's excess energy and the miners can say, move there and pay that power company. And as a consequence, um, essentially subsidize the, the, the power use of other customers there or later. And of course, help maybe help to balance grids. Very well said. Very well said. Okay, let's continue with this. So I, I was actually, as I was reading this, I was like, damn, I'm like, I wish I had this so long ago. The FUD around this industry falls in line with history when any change is implemented, which disrupts. And I totally remember going through this because I'm 43, Gen Xer. So I, I, I remember when the internet was going to destroy the world. Email was demonized initially, and this new technology was considered too energy intensive, and the post service was deemed more efficient. Okay, very interesting. The same narrative to the internet. Again, it consumes too much energy. The energy argument is used ad nauseum to demonize a switch from an analog system to a digital system. These narratives just prove one thing. We are early. Studies have already concluded that running Bitcoin is more efficient than the current system. In fact, due to the FUD around Bitcoin mining, it's driven the industry to find ingenious ways to run mining equipment from stranded and renewable energy. That's right. All of, all, all of these ESG scammers have actually unwittingly helped us. Bitcoin is even mined from the geothermal energy of volcanoes. According to the Bitcoin Mining Council, 59.5% of all energy used is green. They're working to make it 100% renewable. If we can turn excess and stranded energy into a store of value, then the renewable industry will become more cost-effective and economically viable. Excess natural gas and geothermal are also being utilized. Some renewable plants need to switch off production when there is a chance of overloading the grid by switching this excess power over to Bitcoin mining. It could help stabilize the grid. Bitcoin provides a solution for using this, ener uh, for using this excess energy while creating value. Bitcoin promotes energy independence, and this benefit cannot be overstated. Eventually, mining could become a matter of national security. I kind of got Jason Laurie vibes on that particular statement, but I'll continue on. Countries that, uh, countries that produce cheap energy will be independent because they want to mine cheaply and sustainably. The countries that understand the technology, mathematics, and engineering behind this will have geopolitical advantage. A world with more localized energy production is a more robust world. So what I'm hearing is decentralization helps our robustness as well. Mining Bitcoin can exist with our climate goals. There are many projects already up and running. Initiatives such as Gridless Compute work in Africa to mine Bitcoin while stabilizing grids to prevent brownouts from excess renewable energy. Vispine Energy is using microturbines for harnessing waste methane from multiple landfill sites, preventing the methane from being released into the atmosphere. And yes, methane is extremely dangerous to the atmosphere. If these enterprises were understood and embraced by politicians and businesses, we could be heading towards carbon negative energy and the potential for decarbonizing and stabilizing grids using Bitcoin mining, making the grid greener. This is not a proof of concept, it's happening. This Margo Paez quote sums up the current situation beautifully. Using Bitcoin as a tool for fighting for a habitable future is undoubtedly a kind of Hail Mary pass for the climate, but we're running out of time and mass demonstrations and a failing representative democracy are not doing enough. Our rampant consumerism is the environment's worst enemy. I can't disagree with that piece. 
And here we go to finish it off. Environmental, social, and corporate governance is an approach to evaluating the extent to which a corporation works on behalf of social goals that go beyond the role of corporations to maximize profits on behalf of the corporation shareholders. It sounds great and is exactly the information we need to make informed decisions. The ethos is good, but the execution needs improvement. And she's being very polite, to say the least. It's difficult to audit and open to fraud. It's another industry innovation like carbon offsetting, which often means very little when you dig into the detail. And this is exactly true. This is another situation where Bitcoin's proof of work and the, the philosophy of proof of work is completely destroying these people, th these people's um, like, like these, I don't know what to call it, but it's like these paper walls of, of of data like they don't stand up to anything it's all just fancy words that sound great but bitcoin is the the hard dirty thing okay that is actually taking out the trash and and fixing fixing the problems of the grids now i i mean look francis i i only i got into bitcoin in 2016 i i know that you got into bitcoin significantly earlier were were there any types of conversations uh, about the the cleanliness of the energy for mining bitcoin like how in the beginning like when do you think that conversation really started that's a really good point that's what i was thinking about when you were um reading that article so um i spent a significant amount of time talking about energy and bitcoin in 2016 and 2017 specifically because at the time i was having discussions with hydro quebec and i had a little i i was i was a lot more involved in kind of the uh public relations, public policy advocacy side of Bitcoin at that time. And I was trying to convince Hydro-Quebec to open the valves to Bitcoin miners because in Quebec, we have huge amounts of hydroelectric surplus and we are selling the surplus to the US at a loss. And I was like, instead of, so for example, we're gonna produce um, electricity at three and a half cents kilowatt hour and then we're not consuming all of it, so we're selling the excess to the U.S. at like, let's say, two cents per kilowatt hour. And I was telling um, Hydro-Quebec, you know, like miners are paying on average 10 cents kilowatt hour, like worldwide. If we can offer them hydroelectric power at like just cost, you know, just not a loss, we will be the world destination for Bitcoin mining. They will all come here. Um, and uh, the environment... I'm going to be a little bit hipster on this. I started to talk about the environmental benefits of Bitcoin a long time ago, specifically because in 2017, I saw a speech by Janet Yellen in Montreal. At the time, she was the uh, chairman of the, uh, what's it called? Chairman of the Fed, I believe. Uh, chairwoman of the Fed or whatever. And then she, she did a speech about Bitcoin that was almost entirely focused on the envi environmental impacts of bitcoin this was like early or mid 2017 i think early 2017 actually like January is that the one with the but behind there's a guy with a sign that says buy bitcoin no no that, 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 that was a little bit later that was a little bit after that and i actually went i actually paid to go see her speak in montreal it was like a paid gala and i actually had my own little buy bitcoin sign so i remember it was it was it was after that and then i remember thinking like Janet Yellen has like a 30 minute speech in front of the Chamber of Commerce of Montreal. And then about 10 minutes of her speech is about Bitcoin and why it's bad. And about seven minutes or six minutes of that 10 minute part about Bitcoin is about the environment. And I was like, uh oh, they found the narrative. This is a really good narrative. And I remember also thinking like, 
how do you stop the spread of Bitcoin? Well, you make it so that millennials and Gen Z, and we all know that, you know, Gen Z's obsession is now the climate, like 50% of Gen Z has climate anxiety. And, you know, their whole entire personality is now revolving around, you know, doom and gloom, climate change, you know, Greta Thunberg style, um, uh, you know, our existence is meaningless, but there's one thing we can do is help the climate. Um, so yeah, really early on, I saw that it was going to be one of the main issues that they were going to use to discourage the the adoption and passion for Bitcoin, because it's very hard for, for like governments and entities to restrict Bitcoin via coercion. The network is too decentralized. Yes, there's like major short points, like the exchanges, like the governments could effectively, you know, massively slow down Bitcoin adoption by you know, seizing all the funds that are custodied by exchanges and, and so on and so forth. But really what they what they can do is to prevent people from getting excited about Bitcoin and how do you do that? You you link it to the climate change, um, uh, you, you make it a climate change issue. Um, but I actually have come to a full circle where I reject the framing entirely. Okay, let me unpack this. You know the meme, like the big brain meme that's Snap. like, you know, like expanding galaxy. Snap. I used to be like, I used to be like, Bitcoin is not that bad for the environment because it's it is too small. Oh, Bitcoin is actually good for the environment. Uh, Bitcoin helps renewable energy. And now my framing is like the climate is not changing. I'm CO2 exactly is not, the same. <laughs> CO2 is not bad for the environment. Um, fossil fuels, so-called fossil fuels may not actually be, may actually be renewable. Um, there is nothing that the humans can do to the planet in terms of changing the climate. I'm not talking about pollution, I'm talking about like climate change that is remotely close to a super volcano or an asteroid or a meteor. And these events happen like every 20,000 years or so. Um, so I reject the, the framing altogether that we should care about CO2 emissions. In fact, I've even come to like the full gigantic galaxy brain idea that maybe more CO2 is actually good for the environment because it contributes to the re-greening of the earth. Um, so I, uh, and my, my, my end all argument has become like my catchphrase was just fucking cry harder. Um, so what is the point of discussing the environmental impact of Bitcoin mining if there is absolutely nothing that we can do? There's nothing that no one can do to affect the environment, to, to affect Bitcoin mining. Like Bitcoin miners, are going to go regardless of what happens where energy is the cheapest sure that might be renewable and i don't actually think that it encourages renewable energy that much i just think it encourages cheap energy right it encourages um and a lot of the renewable energy except for hydroelectricity are like ridiculously expensive so for example like is bitcoin going to encourage geothermal wind and solar I mean, I don't think so. These are like very, very expensive energy. If anything, Bitcoin might actually incentivize coal because coal is very, very cheap or like natural gas. Um, so I reject that framing entirely. And, uh, you know, I think it's commendable that some people are trying to to beat the the flood narrative. But I mean, my my argument now is like, OK, so so assume that Bitcoin is bad for the environment. Let, let's let's assume that. What are you going to do about it? You're gonna you're gonna tax Bitcoin miners. Okay, sure. They're just gonna go underground. They're just gonna leave and go to another jurisdiction. Um, and there's plenty of jurisdictions that will not tax Bitcoin miners, right? Um, there's the sovereign individual thesis unfolding before our eyes, where a Bitcoin miner, from like an economic sense, is like the most sovereign individual 
possible, right? So there's no permit required to mine Bitcoin. There's no um, uh, barrier to entry other than capital. And Bitcoin mining is completely anonymous. As a Bitcoin miner, you can pack up your operation and move to another country and not skip a beat. Like we've seen that with China, right? I think one of the most bullish things that ever happened to Bitcoin was the move of Bitcoin miners away from China. Totally right? agree. So, so it was it was so like when you see the hash rate chart of of the Chinese Bitcoin mining ban event, I mean, I get chills. I'm so bullish on it. It just like collapses and it just shoots back up right away. Um, so so yeah, I think I think we can start to reject that narrative um, a lot because it's also kind of fallacious, right? So it's like, are is Bitcoin really incentivizing like renewable energy? Can we even measure that? Is it even worth talking about that? I guess, and the, the thing the thing is, you cannot satisfy the wokes. Also, it's kind of like a losing argument. So, so you, you Francis, and that's why I think to... you have to reject all of it. Like, and yeah, go, yeah. Hey, it doesn't matter about yeah. um, what energy is being used for. If I just briefly share this chart that I tried to share before that shows um, energy use over time, and you see, uh, and you see essentially from eighteen fifty to, to today's date. You see energy use exploding primarily because of coal, oil, and natural gas. Um, yeah. And what has happened in that same time? Well, the human population has boomed. We know that more energy use means more growth yeah. of humanity. Yeah. Um, and more energy use is a good thing. We need to reject this demonization. The energy yeah. use of anything you know is 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 a is a bad thing and it's bad for the environment no it's good for it's good for the you know the advancement of of humanity yeah yeah absolutely and also you know sure bitcoin mining consumes a small amount of energy right now but we shouldn't rely on this argument because that's not a good thing like no. it's a good thing if bitcoin consumes a lot more energy than it does today if bitcoin consumes 10% of the world's energy i would be so happy because that makes it so much harder to attack and that's Bitcoin's destiny. Like if mm -hmm. Bitcoin's price and adoption grows as we believe it will grow, the energy consumed by Bitcoin mining is just going to absolutely explode. And the, you know, so-called fossil fuel or uh, hydrocarbon um, fuels uh, consumed by Bitcoin mining are going to absolutely increase dramatically. I think, you know, in 10 years, we're going to have probably like 50x times more CO2 emissions caused by Bitcoin mining. And that Question would be a good though, thing. Francis. At what yeah. point do the rich Bitcoiners start buying their own um, aircraft carriers that have nuclear reactors inside them and, and run you know, a fleet of uh, Bitcoin miners out on, on the high seas? I mean, on, honestly, the sooner we switch to a Bitcoin standard, the, the faster this, the, this uh, kind of innovation, honestly... Uh, I know it's a kind of a joke question, but I really actually believe I'm kind of half joking. Bitcoin, like, like right, I kind, yeah, like, I kind yeah, of like right? the idea, but yeah, yeah, no, totally, totally. And at some point, also, you know, like I think Bitcoin mining is going to become full circle, where at some point, Bitcoin miners, I, and we've already kind of seen that, like Bitcoin, because back in the day when I got into Bitcoin, cheap energy wasn't the main factor in how profitable you were. The main factor in how profitable you were in, in terms of a Bitcoin miner is how fast can you replace your existing machines with the new ASIC chips that just came out, right? So you have like 20 nanometer chips, ASIC. Oh, now Bitmain came out with a 16 nanometer chip. 
I have to replace a thousand ASICs with this new ASIC. Like every six months, you would have to replace your ASICs with newer ASICs. And now we've reached kind of like a point where there's very, very few improvements. Like the improvements to like ASIC technology is like very, very marginal. And I think in about like three, four years, like you won't be really, you're kind of hitting the, the limits of like thermodynamics at one point. Like you can't really improve the ASICs a lot, a lot more than, than you are now. And um, it's going to become like a lot, I think, easier for plebs um, to be able to mine because then your only concern is going to be um, cheap electricity and not like mobilizing millions of dollars of capital and having access to these, these those special deals with Bitcoin miners or being an insider in a mining company and getting the ASICs before everyone else. And um, so I personally have not mined Bitcoin for, for a very, very long time, but I think I'm going to become a pleb miner um, again in the future. And also, you know, one of the side benefits of Bitcoin mining is just like it's the only censorship resistant way to acquire Bitcoin. Well, it's not. It's not like the other way. Censorship resistant way to acquire Bitcoin is to sell your goods and services for Bitcoin, you know, mm -hmm. like sell your craft, your labor and stuff like that. But um, I think that's like really like what's attractive um, with Bitcoin mining. And, you know, that I think the the and the and also the, the ESG, just like a side note on the ESG CO2 scam. So in Costa Rica, I heard about this hilarious CO2 ESG scam, um, which is that if you have a forest land, you buy a land that's forested, right? The trees contain CO2, but if the trees die and rot, that CO2 is not taken out of the app, like out of the system. So take CO2 out of the system, out of the environment, you need to turn it into furniture or construction material. That's how it's accounted for. So you buy this pristine land and then you cut down the trees. By cutting down the trees, you remove CO2 from the atmosphere. Then you plant non-native tree species like teakwood, which is used for furniture. Yeah. You'll do a gigantic monocrop, like a hundred acres of just this teakwood. So you, you just destroy the virgin forests take the CO2 out, turn it to furniture. Then you plant, you monocrop this, and then you get subsidies for my, you get subsidies from the government for like being good for the environment by, by cutting down virgin forests and planting these monocrop trees. So like these, these, like, I, I don't want to, to get into the, the mindset of like removing CO2 from the atmosphere because that just has all sorts of like malinvestment. And again, like I'm actually now thinking like, okay, so CO2, like what's what's wrong with the the melting ice caps too? That's another thing. Okay, by the way, just shout out to uh to um Graham Han uh, Hancock and his series Ancient Apocalypse. I had listened to uh, Graham Hancock talk on Joe Rogan with also the uh, the geologist Randall. I can't remember what his last name is, but you know, you look about the the history of the human race, and you know, as as a species, we have gone through such insanely tremendous climate change. And we've survived. Okay, you're talking about the polar ice caps. There was no ice, you know, in Antarctica some number of years ago. Um, when the uh, before the, the, the polar bears have been around for like hundreds of thousands of years, and the ice caps have melted and refroze and melted and refroze over and over and over. So yeah, I'm just completely over the mindset of like the CO2 framing. Dude, I, I I think you totally destroyed that argument, and I, man, I, I couldn't disagree. I definitely couldn't disagree with any of it, but I, I wanted to add this one piece, right? The climate change myth is 
it's it is the perfect ghost narrative because there's so many different things that can serve it and because most people don't know any better and obviously don't want to question the experts well you just go along with it yeah because it's an armageddon concept right yeah. phil you're you're selling you're selling oh this is this is armageddon and if you do anything that's that 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 contributes to it then 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 not only are you you know do you wish harm on another person you wish harm on the entirety of humanity you want all humans to suffer and die and yeah exactly and the other the other weird part of it is, is this right it's like okay so for example right uh, all of a sudden one summer the uh you know even though i know the climate and the weather are two different things but all of a sudden it's extremely warm you know unusually warm well they're gonna take that and cherry pick that data and say you see this I is fucking this loved it last action. last summer we had like 40 then, degree weather it's but good but then wait, when 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 let's say something happens that's perfectly in line and doesn't serve the narrative, that's a fluke. That that's just a fluke. We're still having a problem, and that was an isolated incident. And and people just fucking I like look, man. People are just too tired, right? Again, this all goes back to the whole thing of consumerism and everything like that. Everybody, the majority of people are working multiple jobs. They're inundated with misinformation and all kinds of bullshit narratives that make people feel insecure and fearful and all this stuff. And then you're supposed to care about this this invisible boogeyman, the climate change boogeyman. In right? fairness, a lot a lot of these people feel a a fat and tired, and so and so don't have the the mental capacity uh, to be able to process this information appropriately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think one thing that that um, that article highlights that I might agree with is a consumerism mindset, mm -hmm. and I think Bitcoin will fix one of the environment's most pressing issues, which is pollution. Uh, and I'm not talking about CO2 as being a pollutant. I'm talking about fucking garbage floating in rivers and ending up in the ocean yeah. for, for a few main reasons. One of them is that um, governments are responsible for waste management almost everywhere in the world. Uh, either waste management is directly operated by government entities or it's heavily, heavily regulated and government will issue contracts to private contractors to take care of the garbage. So. Um, whatever the government does ends up either being extremely inefficient or completely backfiring. So I think one of the reasons why we're seeing so much pollution, like water pollution and air pollution and just physical like mismanagement of garbage um, is because government has his filthy hands on it. And in another more cultural sense, like philosophical sense, um, one of the things that I think is a big plague is just disposable cheap shit. Like everybody buys disposable cheap shit. Um, that's that's going to be like from China or from 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 somewhere else. Um, electronics like a fridge is going to last you like three years, and you're going to buy another one. Uh, people don't value long term. People don't. They just people have a high time preference. Um, France, I, I think that's because in the yeah. with with fiat money, you have. Yeah the growth of these these big corporate companies that then are under kind of inflation squeezes and what they do is they they cut the quality of things um because they yeah. it's planned obsolescence right yeah. they actually want the thing to fail because then the person yeah. then has to buy more because in part yeah. they've already leveraged their future earnings and so it's all yeah. this 
it's all this fiat debt shenanigans yeah. that, that yeah. reduce the quality of everything. Yeah. Because, and yeah, I think fear is the biggest cause of pollution because if yeah. you debase the money, companies are forced over time, you know, increasingly to 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 make cuts. And and yeah. it's you know, pe people buy what they can afford, which isn't something that's going to last. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And also, if you make people feel risk, like if if you remove the role of government managing the long-term cleansiness of the planet, people will feel responsible for it, right? So like, you know, if people are wealthy and then they start to think long-term, they're gonna think about what planet am I leaving to my kids? All right, um, the government's not gonna be taking care of it. I have to take care of it. So people will like start to take ownership uh, of that significantly. And um, I had another point to make about uh, high time preference, I completely forgot. Um, but yeah, so I mean, um, it's not necessarily Bitcoin mining that's going to save the environment. I think it's the cultural mindset shift towards long-term thinking um, that is going to solve a lot of these problems that we're faced with today. Yeah, I like that, Francis. I like to say it's not fix the money, fix the world. It's fix the money, fix yourself, and then you can kind yeah. of fix things around you and help other yeah. people to fix things around them. And yeah, in, yeah. In, the, in the long term, we maybe have a chance of fixing the world. Mm -hmm. Very well said. Very well said. All right, guys, that wraps up the Hopium. We're going to dive into the BTC Pay Server update. Let's take a look what BTC Pay Server's got for us this month. Here we go. All right, let's take a look what we've got from BTC Pay Server. Looks like we've got version 1.7.5 that came out. And the new feature on that one is Greenfield, the Lightning Addresses API. All right, let's go take a look at what that is. Here we go. BTC Pay Server supports authenticating and authorizing users through an API key that is generated by them. Send the API key as a header value to authorization with this specific format. For a smoother experience, you can generate a URL that redirects users to an API creation screen. And that's right, guys. If that made sense to you, then you want that feature. But... Wait, Even if you're a tinkerer, from my understanding, Phil, yeah. does that mean that like it's going to be relatively easy for individuals to have their own non-custodial Lightning address? Because my understanding is a lot of Lightning addresses are currently custodial. I think some people have set up their own ones. You know, for you know, like NVK set up his own one or whatever. But I didn't think there was a kind of packaged um, thing that enabled plebs to to set up their own non-custodial Lightning address. I, you know what, that might be it. Um, you know, the only, the only other piece that I, that I understood from that is, is that it essentially allows the user to create this, this API key or this unique, this unique ID that will ID them and allow them access. So I look, I mean, I'm not a developer, so I don't know what that means for the, you know, for the bigger scheme of things, but Hey, if you're tinkering with BTC pay server, got to make sure that you're up to date. Because what do they do? What do they do with the bugs, Walton? Yeah, well, uh, the BTC Pay server know that bugs are for fixing, not for eating, guys. That's right. Bugs are for <laughs> fixing, not for eating. And that's why we focus on the features. <laughs> we don't focus on the bugs. But yeah, they fix a lot of bugs, and they are always coming out with new features. Don't forget to check them out. That is... They are obviously on GitHub. We are going to have the link in the show notes, but btcpayserver.org.
All right, guys, that wraps up our weekly episode of Pleb Underground. Thank you all for joining us. Before we go, we want to get our awesome guest to shill his contact information. Francis, how do the plebs find you? Where do they find you? As the plebs may know, I am always on Twitter. I got to cut down on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Francis Pouliot underscore. Uh, so make sure to see the underscore. I don't have a blue check mark. I'm reluctant to get one because now that you can pay for it, I think it's lame. Um, but yeah, at Francis Pouliot underscore on Twitter. Um, my my company's Bull Bitcoin, BullBitcoin.com. For those of you who um, you know are Canadian, you can you can use that. And also, uh, if some of you guys are are developers and want to get involved into some Bitcoin development work, um, Bull Bitcoin runs a open source project called CypherNode. CypherNode is kind of like an open source version of Prime Trust. For for those of you who who are kind of like aware of what why Prime Trust is. Um, so, you know, kind of like similar to what BTC pay server did with BitPay, like trying to make an open source, not trying to make an open source alternative, making a way better alternative to BitPay that was open source. Um, Bull Bitcoin has been doing that for, for a little while with a, a project called CypherNode. And, um, you know, I have plebs contributing all the time. Uh, just recently, like uh, last week, I posted on Twitter. I love open source. I love Twitter. I posted on Twitter. I needed someone to to work to add uh, lightning addresses to CypherNode so that we can have it on Bull Bitcoin. And my developers are just too busy. So I just posted on Twitter like, hey, I'll give 2 million sats to someone to like add lightning addresses to CypherNode. And then boom, some Bitcoin pleb was like, I'll do it. And like two days later, he's like, it's done. Um, so if you want to contribute to an open source project, um, you can uh, go to GitHub type CypherNode. And then there's a link to our Slack channel. And then we're always looking to people for, for people to like help us add features um, to this open source project. So that's that's what I want to show the most. Like I, I'm working on bull Bitcoin, but my, my passion is, is CypherNode. So if you don't know about CypherNode, check it out. That's fantastic. We are going to add we're going to add the, the links to that all in the show notes, dude. That is absolutely amazing. Guys, don't forget to like and subscribe, it really helps us out, helps us with the YouTube algorithm. Don't forget to check us out on our audio-only platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. If you wanna stream us sats, check us out on fountain.fm. You could stream us sats through Breeze. Walton, how do we end this one? Fuck shit coins. That's right, fuck shit coins, everyone. Thank <laughs> you.